Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, everybody. This is Rabbi Ben Kramer, and we are on Daf Lamed Tet of Masachet Shabbat, Daf 39. And most of this Daf is taken up with uh, exploring the issues presented in the Mishnah at the bottom of Daf 38, uh, the first part of that Mishnah dealing with uh, cooking using a heat source other than fire. Right, they give the example of uh, burying an egg in hot sand, uh, for example. Uh, and with, uh, with uh, heating water or and bathing uh, in, uh, in hot water uh, on Shabbat, uh, based on the second part of the Mishnah, which deals with this uh, interesting case of, uh, of Tiberius, where they had this natural hot spring, and, and they would run a pipe uh, through the water of the hot spring so that the cold water through the pipe would be, would be heated. Uh, and uh, as the Mishnah says, they forbid drinking or bathing from that water on Shabbat, but uh, they permitted it on Yontif uh, because on Yontif, uh, or they permitted at least for uh, for drinking on Yontif because on Yontif you are allowed to uh, to heat uh, water and food and to even cook water uh, and food for Yontif, but uh, but not for bathing. So you have permission on Yontif to heat water to drink, but not to bathe. And so the Gemara deals with uh, with discussing that Mishnah. What I th- thought we would look at is uh, on Amud Bet, you have uh, this statement of Rabbi Bar Barchana in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, uh, who says that the law follows Rabbi Yehuda in forbidding one to bathe with hot water on Shabbat, even if the water had been heated uh, before Shabbat. The exact uh, case is not really my interest here. My interest is what Rav Yosef says to Rabbi Bar Barchana. Uh, again, Rabbi Bar Barchana quotes the law in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, uh, and Rav Yosef asks whether or not Rabbi Bar Barchana heard that law explicitly from Rabbi Yochanan, or whether he just inferred it uh, from something else that Rabbi Yochanan uh, uh, said so. It's an interesting uh, question. The issue here is is uh, that if Rabbi Barbarchana just inferred it, then it, it may be right or it may be wrong. Uh, whereas if he heard it explicitly, then that makes it obviously a much more uh, reliable uh, tradition. So Rabbi Barbarchana makes his statement. Rav Yosef asks whether he heard it explicitly or whether he is inferring it, and then suddenly the Stam jumps in. The Stam is is sort of the anonymous voice in the Gemara. And before Rabbi Bar Barchana has a chance to respond, the Stam jumps in uh, and asks the question, you know, what, what statement of Rabbi Yochanan's might, it, might uh, Rabbi Bar Barchana be inferring from? Uh, and then in the classic form, the Gemara answers its own question and suggests uh, a particular statement of Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, this statement of Rabbi Yochanan is one where he is quoting Rav, or more likely, that needs to be amended to Rebbe. Uh, in any event, quotes this statement uh, that gives us a, a uh, principle for deciding uh, uh, a disagreement uh, between two Tanaim, 
two uh, early rabbis of the Mishnaic period. And the law is that if two Tanaim disagree with each other, and then a third Tana comes in and, and sort of mediates the dispute, uh, resolves the dispute between them, that the law follows that third opinion. Except for uh, one particular case, uh, referred to as the case of rags, uh, which we saw uh, earlier on uh, on Duff 29. So why, I guess first question is why that particular uh, exemption, why exempt the case of rags from this normal principle that we always follow this third mediating opinion? And the answer is because if you remember that debate there, uh, it was between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, and the third party mediator was Rabbi Akiva. And we don't follow the rule here that we would follow this third-party mediator. Uh, one, because Rabbi Akiva was was Rabbi Eliezer's student. In other words, he's a party to he, he's uh, to, to one of the people in the uh, he's the student of one of the parties in the debate. And two, because apparently Rabbi Akiva later retracted his opinion and actually decided in favor of <laughs> Rabbi Yeshua. Uh, so for both of those reasons, that becomes the exception. Uh, to this rule, and so the Gemara is suggesting here that maybe it's that whole uh, that whole statement in the name of Rebbe that uh, that Rebbe Yochanan quoted, uh, presumably quoted in the presence, perhaps of Rabbi Bar Barchana, that the Gemara thinks uh, was from where Rabbi Bar Barchana uh, inferred uh, that in this other case in Hardav of uh, bathing with hot water on Shabbat that that the, that the law follows Rebbe Yehuda. Uh, that maybe that's where Rabbi Bar Barchana got it. In other words, maybe Rabbi Bar Barchana never heard Rabbi Yochanan say, the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. But maybe he knows that because in our case, we have this dispute between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Yehuda sort of comes in and plays the third-party mediator role. Uh, and since we know that Rabbi Yochanan uh, taught in the name of Rebbe that we follow the third party mediator that maybe Rebbe Barbarchan is just, uh, you know, using his uh, his own uh, sort of uh, logical mind to say that uh, in this case too, Rebbe Yochanan uh, would 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 apply that principle and therefore the law follows Rebbe Yehuda. Uh, I'm sure that I did not make that clear, but in any event, it's not really the point that I want to make here. Part of the point uh, that I want to make here. Uh, we'll come up in one second. But first, let's look to uh, what the Gemara's response to this whole suggestion is, uh, which uh, is sort of great. You know, that's a great idea. Why Why is that a problem? If he inferred it from, from that particular situation, that's a good inference, right? Rabbi Yochanan clearly taught this principle, and we can apply that principle in other cases. Why wouldn't we be able to do that? So that's a good question, right? And to Gamara then responds to this and says, well, maybe that rule only applies to debates that are in the Mishnah, right? That, that rag case, which is the exception, is a Mishnah case. And maybe it doesn't apply to our case, which is actually a Baraita. Okay, fine. So maybe if Rabbi Barbarahana did in fact make this inference from this case, which, by the way, we have no idea if he did. This is all the Gamara talking here. But if he did make the inference from that place... It might be right, it might be wrong, but we have no way to know because uh, there's just too much uh, doubt involved. So, pausing here, you know, just looking back and seeing this whole discussion, this whole hypothetical discussion is the work of the Stam. 
It has nothing to do with <laughs> Rabbi Barbar Khanna. It has nothing to do with Rabbi Yosef. All Rabbi Barbar Khanna did was, was, was teach a law in the name of his teacher. And all Rabbi Yosef did was ask him how he knew that. Did he hear it explicitly or not? And all this, this hypothetical stuff, this elaboration in the middle comes from, uh, the Stam. The Stam suggests where Rabbi Barbar Khanna might have inferred Rabbi Yochanan's position. And the Stam then suggests why that source doesn't work. And why that's important to know, I think, or, or one of the things that comes from that is, after all of that speculation, we actually return to the discussion, and Rabbi Barbarachana says, I heard it from Rabbi Yochanan explicitly. So at this point, you kind of have to laugh, because the Stam is, is the one who put this whole sugya together. So the Stam knows that Rabbi Barbarachana didn't infer his ruling from Rabbi Yochanan. Right? The Stam knows that Rabbi Barbarachana is going to answer, I heard it from Rabbi Yochanan explicitly. Right? But before we have a chance to know that, it sort of sidetracks us, right, and takes us down this whole uh, sort of uh, side road and and takes the opportunity to get us thinking about the dangers of making inferences and 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 so on and so forth uh, by engaging in this investigation of where Rabbi Barbarachana might have inferred his ruling from, uh, all the while knowing uh, and sort of, I imagine this this the Stam, you know, sort of chuckling to himself, uh, uh, although. The Stam certainly wasn't a single person, but the sort of uh, chuckling to himself and saying, uh, uh, you know, knowing that the answer is coming, that the whole point is moot, because Rabbi Barbarachana actually heard it explicitly from Rabbi Yochanan. So all of this is to make the point again, which, uh, which we've uh, made in, 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 uh, in our previous discussions, that the Talmud is not so much interested in practical law, but in exploring sort of the parameters of the law and the process of expounding and expanding the law. If the Talmud was a book focused on practical law, all we would need to know is that Rabbi Barbar Khanna heard the ruling explicitly from Rabbi Yochanan, right? Rabbi Barbar Khanna would teach the law, Rabbi Yosef would ask him how he learned it, and Rabbi Barbar Khanna would say, I heard it explicitly. Uh, this whole stomaitic digression reveals, again, uh, an interest not so much in determining the law, but in exploring the possibilities of the law. Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs>